Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this week's uh, Once Bits and Podcast. Really looking forward to getting into this one. Uh, today's guest is Lucky Mukasana. Uh, Lucky grew up and uh, was born and raised and grew up in uh, Zimbabwe before he got his big break at around the age of 15, 16 to chase a dream and uh, got, um, got picked up by the scouts at Dartmouth College in the US uh, to go and play for their uh, soccer team. And he did go on and make it to professional level and he did win championships and he is still playing professionally in the MLS and he is stacking sats and he is red pilling teammates. This is huge. This is such an awesome episode. Love this one. Really want to get uh, straight into it. Samuel starts the questions because, you know, nine-year-old boy, loves playing football, wants to be a professional footballer one day. You know, hold him back from from talking with Lucky. So before we get into it, make sure you head over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. Go start stacking some sats. Don't don't miss out on this, guys, please. There's going to be a nice big old ball run. Stack into it. Uh, you know, don't get caught short. Really appreciate everybody for listening. Appreciate Adam for producing the show and for uh, Sir Badders for the music in the background. And uh, go check out at 21ism. Let's do this interview. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, welcome to this week's edition of the Once Bitten podcast. And joining me today is Lucky Mukusana, a uh, professional football player from the US, currently playing for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And... Um, Scoring lots of goals and making sure that these guys are making it to the playoffs and uh, looking forward to uh, exciting times. Lucky, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate your time and um, it's good talking to you. Well, it's great to get a second chance at this. Um, (laughs) Lucky Samuel and I I recorded once before, but um, excuse me, the audio just didn't work out too well. But it was a great, uh, it was a great excuse to do it all again. So, Lucky, I really appreciate you giving up your time and, and talking to us. And uh, Samuel, it's over to you, mate. I mean, um, Lucky met Lauren last time, and uh, well, she's she's definitely stepping aside because this is much more of your interest area, isn't it? Talking to a professional football player. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yes, Samuel. Well, what do you want to ask? What do you want to ask, Lucky? Have you ever had a red card? Have I ever had a red card? I've never had a red card, actually. I've never had a red card in my life. <laughs> it's a good question. I've, I've gotten uh, a few yellows, uh, but not more than 10, I would say. Not more than 10. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's that's good stats. Especially <laughs> in this day and age, you, you know, referees can give yellow cards out like uh, playing cards sometimes. Depends on the ref. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, oh, good good for you, Lucky, huh? Nice. No I'm red trying, cards. Trying it's to nice. stay out of trouble. <laughs> Professional Bitcoiner playing football, yet to get a red card. We love it. So, yes. uh, hey, what what else? You want to ask him loads of questions, right? 
Yep. Go on then. Ha, ha, have you told your friends um, about Bitcoin? Yes, Samuel. Actually, I've told my friends about Bitcoin. Uh, some of my teammates here uh, in the route is actually. Um, I try to talk to some of my friends uh, that are far away, but it, it's hard. It's hard to convince them uh, to get into it, you know. And I hope uh, they are reading the stuff that I'm sending them, uh, so they can uh, get a skin in the game, you know, and and go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Hopefully, they're doing that work. <laughs> yeah, and. Well, do you know if any of your f- teammates has had a red card? Yes, <laughs> a lot, a lot. I've had. Um, well, not this season, not this season, but like the prior seasons prior before, you know. And uh, there's a lot of my teammates, especially defenders, um, that tackling the box, that reckless tackling the box, you know, to save the game. Yeah, yeah, forward. So you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's called a professional foul. When <laughs> say say you've got like two or three minutes left in the game and your team is one nil up, mm-hmm. and there's a guy clean through on goal, mm-hmm. your decision is, do I bring him down and get sent off, and stop the game, or do I stay on the field and just hope the goalkeeper saves it or he misses? Mm. What would you do in that situation? I would, um, well, if I wouldn't choose any of those, but I would run back <laughs> and try to help the goalie. Okay, that's the moral moral answer. I love it. Do you have any more questions? I think last time you wanted to know about Lucky's favorite goal, or um, yeah, you know, how many he had scored, or like, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember Go that. Ahead. Yeah, go my ahead. Goal, my favorite goal, I think, um, I, I sent you the goal then. I sent you the goal. That was the header. That was my last goal for the Rowdies. Uh, we were down 1-0, and I got in uh, a halftime. I played the 45 minutes, and uh, uh, we equalized for the game, and we hadn't lost um, that uh, a, a game at all. So that was that was a good uh, cross uh, and a good uh, team play, too, you know, to end up in a goal. Yeah, yeah, and for I loved, goals, um, I think I I think I have sixty seven now professionally. Yeah, and I got a few more. Have you <laughs> ever done a, a volley? Have I ever done a volley? Yes, I I have done a volley a few times. And, <laughs> and did it go in? Yes, it did go in. I think I have. I remember in high school, um, at Dartmouth too in college. Uh, but not professionally yet. Not professionally yet. <laughs> and have you ever done a crossbar, Andin? Yes, I have, Sam. I know you're practicing crossbar challenge, right? You did that the other day? Yeah. <laughs> well, the other day in training, I did a crossbar, Andin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Those are the best goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, Samuel loves those. Either in the <laughs> in off the post or in off the crossbar. Um, there is something about that. I, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually been about it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think you wanted to ask before um, whether Lucky had ever scored a, a professional hat trick. Do you remember wait, what a hat trick was? Yeah, it's wait a left foot. In and a right foot in and a header in. Right, that would be a pure hat trick, yeah. 
But would that like but all in one go, right? All in one game, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um with no other goals being scored within like um your goals being scored. Yeah. If that makes sense. Actually so, nah, nah, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully soon I'll do it before I retire. Okay? Mm. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to start tuning in to uh to your games, Lucky. If we can if we can find a channel where I we know, can I know. start watching and, and cheering for your uh, Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice to get your support over there. <laughs> We're not really supporting any team, so I'm a bit rowdy, let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay. You could be the next one. I know. <laughs> I saw the, the video you sent me by the way. That was a nice goal, Owen. Yeah. He was one of my favorites growing up for sure. Yeah, good, good finish. Do you have any more? Do you have um, any more questions, Mike? <laughs> um, have you ever done the scissors and in like <laughs> scissors and in? No, I have yeah. not. I've not. I've never done a scissors and in yet. <laughs> so for listeners, that that's like an overhead kick or a bicycle kick. But I have one of my teammates. One of my teammates. His name is Sebastian Guenzati. He did a nice goal. I'll send it to you then. He did a nice scissor kick in from a corner just one time. Upper 90. I'm going to school. <laughs> you can do it. You'll do it too. I know you'll do it one day. I, re- I remember okay. what you asked before. You, you wanted to know what it was like to play in front of so yeah. many people. <laughs> and, you know, like, do you think that would be... How do you think you would feel if there were so many people watching? Um, a bit embarrassed and yeah. Embarrassed. I, I know that's how you feel, but once you once you are in the game, you forget about everything else and nothing else. It's like you shut everything else outside and you just focus on the game. Like sometimes you don't even hear the fans, you know. Sometimes you don't even hear them because you're just in there enjoying doing what you love. Everyone there already, you know, they already, they came to see you. So whatever you do, you know, you, you shouldn't be embarrassed at all. You know, like it's, it's a team sport, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you are trying and you keep getting better and better. Okay. Yeah. Well, good questions, mate. Thank you. Do you want to say goodnight to Lucky now? Goodnight, Lucky. Goodnight, Samuel. Bye. We'll talk to you soon, okay? We'll do that Zoom uh, uh, session about finishing, okay? We'll do it soon. Yeah, okay. I hope you win next week. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Cheers. Bye. Good night. Thanks, Lucky. Um, nice kid. Nice kid you have, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And nice, yeah, yeah, we would definitely set up that um, that Zoom uh, session. And whilst we're on that, that's that's something you do uh, outside of playing professionally, right? You, you set up this uh, kind of online consultation where you uh, mentor kids um, via Zoom. Now, is, is that? Can you explain how that works? Yes, yes. It's uh, because I, I before before COVID, uh, I would I would just spend my time, you know, coaching kids. Uh, even for an hour, you know, just local kids. But right now with COVID, it's better to to just do uh, online sessions where we, we, we focus on the theory, uh, the side of the game, uh, the mental side of the game, 
and also I can demonstrate to them just in my living room right here, like how to like control the ball, like, you know, like just going through the cones and we spend like an hour doing that. And uh, once I show them the movements, for example, for forwards with Samuel, we talk about positioning in the box, you know, like how to score goals, uh, constantly moving and, and how to deal with like uh, making mistakes, you know, uh, how to react. Uh, just, just stuff that a lot of kids don't get in, in, a, in a team setting where there's like 20 plus people, you know. And, and for me, it's, it's really important. For, for them to focus on the mental side because already kids are scared right now. You know, parents are scared. You know, so some of the kids are gonna are not gonna uh, be professional players. Some of them want to be professional players, but some of them are, are gonna stop playing. You know, so so for me, if I can, I can help um, keep going and like to be mentally strong and to like go for what they want. Obviously, at the same time, being safe. Uh, that's what I've been focusing on too. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, let's give the uh, the listeners a little bit of your a little bit of your background. Um, grew up in Zimbabwe, and mm-hmm. then got the chance to come across and play um, semi professionally for for Dartmouth College. Is that correct? Uh, and got a scholarship with them. And then before you know it, you're playing for um, well Tampa Bay. The New mm-hmm. York Cosmos, where you won two championships with the New York Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, two championships. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a journey uh, how I, I came to the US. You know, I, I was really fortunate. I was really fortunate. Um, I was gonna sign. It was like maybe like sixteen. Then I was gonna sign with a team. Just finished school. Just finished secondary school, um, and I was gonna sign with a team in South Africa for like five years. You know, and the signing window period. Had you know, so I couldn't uh, sign, so I had to wait. But during that time, uh, that's when there was like tryouts for the U.S. Uh, two U.S. coaches came to Zimbabwe uh, to look for for soccer players, and uh, I remember it was like forty-four of us the first day, and uh, it was only two-day tryout, and they cut twenty-two the first day. We just did like technical stuff, juggling, uh, and they just cut like thirty minutes. They cut twenty-two players. The next day, we we played. 11 v 11 um and one of my friends that that told me about about the tournament was also um on the other side of the team uh and he scored three goals and uh my team won seven seven three i scored uh, five goals in that game and uh, after that that's when i had to find out about taking sats and then coming to the us which is a different system because back home we're british colony uh, so our system was uh, a British system, like everything was different, the maths, uh, the English was different. So I had to like kind of like reprogram and kind of learn in like a new system. Uh, and I didn't do well, obviously. And my the coach, Jeff Cook, that came to Zim, um, he organized for me to go to a prep school, uh, another high school, uh, just 20 minutes away from, from Dartmouth. Uh, so I can get it for my SATs. So that worked out. That worked out, and um, ended up getting into Dartmouth after that, and um, spent four years there. That's when I met Brandon Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's played, a story in itself. <laughs> yeah, 
That's a story. Yeah. That's that. That's what led you and I together, right? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. T- tell the listeners about that because Brendan um, was a previous guest of uh, on the show, and he, you know, just this that show alone was kind of strange because he just reached out to me randomly on on Twitter and said mm-hmm. he'd love to come on and kind of represent under underfollowed accounts on Twitter and just normal people on Twitter rather than you know the well known people. Yeah. And there you are. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's crazy. I, well, uh, I listened to your podcast, you know, it's one of the podcasts I listen to on, on Speechen when I'm going to practice and uh, I listen to Mari Ben, um, uh, Peter Mokamak, uh, what Bitcoin did, uh, you know, and for me, it was really like, like, well, I kind of know this, uh, this uh, Twitter name, you know, and I was like, this is Brendan, you know, this is my teammate, like, there's no way he's into Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing with myself in the car my way practice and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Just a good episode. I really enjoyed, you know, and after that I reached out to him and then uh we got on the phone a few days after that. Um we, we caught up and we talked about what we're doing and, and we talked about Bitcoin and uh the future. Yeah. That's amazing. That that's yeah. so great to hear. That's um, <laughs> you know, Brendan reaches out. He he obviously took a leap of faith. Um, he comes on the show, and there you are. He he pops up on on the podcast whilst you're driving to to training, and um, kind uh-huh. of rekindle a friendship, I suppose. Um, but on another level now, like on a Bitcoin level, which is, is you know, as we all know, when when we're in the space, when you meet another Bitcoiner, mm-hmm. there's that there's that immediate click. Um, yes. So to to kind of like come back around to an old friend, uh, and then have that other level of Bitcoin on top. That must be amazing. Yeah, it was crazy because for me, you know, like like you say, we, that's how I ended up uh, like contacting you, you know, and uh, it's just crazy, especially in the Bitcoin space for me, how everyone is always willing to, to, to help, you know, and you just ping someone a message and, and they respond, you know, and it's just one of the things that I think is really amazing. Uh, with this space, like people are really genuinely willing to help, you know, and and, and if for someone like, you know, why would, why would you respond to me? You know, you can say like, you know, like I have my own podcast, like why you, you know, but you be, I feel like because you understand that, like what Bitcoin is and like it's about helping people, like what you do every day, like you're helping with the knowledge you put on the podcast, you know, it's helping a lot of people. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> and yeah, I'm excited that there are professional athletes that um, that are out there that have um, they have a voice and mm-hmm. uh, they have a presence. Um, and you're gonna have thousands of fans that are you know gonna be looking up to young people such as Samuel. And um, you you have this perfect uh, opportunity now to start talking about Bitcoin, and it's just real. I'm so bullish when when people like you come out of the woodwork and you're like, oh my God, like this is, this is amazing. And you're so willing to talk about it and so willing to share. Um, because, you know, OPSEC is a big thing for some people. They, they don't, they want to remain private. They don't want people to know because, you know, they, they fear exactly. in, uh, like uh, in the future that, that it mm-hmm. might become dangerous for them. But I don't know, man. Um, Big respect to you for for doing this and uh, and coming on the show and sharing. Um, let's talk about 
you know, I'm sure there's plenty of football fans listening to this, soccer fans, excuse me, US listeners, um, <laughs> that want to get, um, you know, lift the lid a little bit on the, the professional game. Um, so, you know, a few kind of high time preference questions, if you don't mind, Lucky, like uh, mm-hmm. who's who's the best player you ever played with or the most famous player you've ever played with or most per- or the player you've most um, been wowed by, like, you know, um, yeah. who, who would that be? I would say, I would say for me, uh, when I was in New York Cosmos, I would say Raul, Raul and Marco Senna, uh, especially Raul because uh, he's a forward, a forward, you know, he played the same position. Uh, you are just crazy to me, like just the awareness of the ball, you know, just knowing what to do before the ball even gets there. You know, it's like, he's like two, three steps ahead, you know, like um, that was just, amazing to know and to be part of and how he took care of his body before practice, you know, and after practice. <laughs> I remember when I signed, uh, I signed and then a few weeks later they signed Raul. And then I was like, there's no way I'm <laughs> going to play, man. There's no way I'm going to play. You know, obviously like it's Raul. So you, you, know? signed, so you signed you signed as a striker. It is and- it, you know, <laughs> and, it is what it is. Uh, I was like, there's no way he's going to finish 90. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's finished 90. This guy is like 36, 37. There's no way he's going to finish the game. <laughs> you know? Damn, this guy was finishing every game. Wow. At 38. Finishing every game, running more than everybody, running just like chasing. You know, I was just like, wow. And then like, I started watching him, like, just like learning, you know, like, yeah, it's just like doing yoga, stretching, how we eat, how we eat, you know, and it was just different. You know, and, and those were the things that I, I, I took, you know, and, and and put in my little pocket so I can you know, help myself uh, hopefully have a longer career too. Yeah. And, you know, just to put this into context for the listeners, when, you know, when Lucky signs for um, for New York Cosmos thinking he's going to be like the, the number one striker, and then they go out a week later and sign Raul, who, by the way, between 1994 and 2010, I've got the stats here, played for Real Madrid 550 times and scored 228 goals. <laughs> incredible, incredible strike ratio. And for his country, for Spain, Played 10 years professionally for Spain, 102 appearances, 44 goals. So in each, like in each one of those capacities, that's, you know, what's that? Like a one and a half, uh, sorry, 0.5. Yeah, just under, you know. Averaging, yeah, it's, easy. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> you're, you're, so you're thinking, oh, at least he's not going to last the 90 minutes. I might get, a, I might get the odd run out. But, <laughs> uh-huh. but he, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Obviously, like there were times like in games where like he could, uh, when the season went on, you could, he got tired, you know, the muscles got tired, you know. And I think I played like maybe six games in, I think. That's when I got my chance and I scored that game. And I was like, listen, like you have to keep scoring because if you don't score, then <laughs> that's an excuse for, for you not to play. <laughs> You know, Did so you, I, had a, I had a decent season that um, after after that after that first goal. Wow, man! So imagine like you've got to up your game because Raúl is your direct competitor. I mean, there's there is a that what a platform that is to. Um, yeah. So did you get to play together? Did you feed off each other, or is it kind of like one or the other 
Um, no, we actually played together. Actually, um, we played together a couple of games. Um, he was kind of behind the striker, kind of behind me, and I was in nine. And we had a game in. Uh, we played in Cuba. Actually, our first, the first professional game in Cuba after like so many years, plus fifty years or something. And um, I scored two that game, and, and one of the goals was my first goal was from him, uh, the assist. Yeah, and the other one was from Sebastian, my teammate. He's the guy who got me into into uh, the herba mate <laughs> that I drink now. So we were in Cosmos together, and now we're playing. He's the captain for for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. You know, so it, it, it worked out. Wow. So and. Um... Two championships there, man. Congratulations. That's that's huge. When um, did that did that when did that kind of set set in for you? you know, you're sitting there at New York Cosmos, you've just won the first championship. Your one of your playing partners is one of the best footballers that's ever like, you know, graced the pitch. Mm-hmm. And not what a handful of years before that you were trying to kick a ball around in secondary school at in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. At, at what point do you think, like, oh my god, like how did that happen? <laughs> it's a real maze. It's crazy because I remember when I was home when I was young. Um, my uncle, I have uh, my uncle in the US, so he always told me to do well in school, I'll come in the US, you know? So I always tell my friends like, listen, I need to pass this. If I pass this subject, uh, I can go to the US. So, which was uh, mathematics. And I did well in mathematics and I kept like pressuring him. Like, you said, I'll, you said I'm gonna, you know, I'm, uh, you're gonna get me to the US and, you know, and luckily enough, there was this scholarship. But for me, at a younger age, I've, I've always wanted to, to like defy the odds, you know, because where I come from is like you can't go to school and be a good student and also be a good soccer player, you know. Uh, soccer players are like dumb on courts, you know. They are meant to like people, they don't think that they are smart in school, you know. So you focus on soccer or you focus on school. So for me, that was something that I really wanted to to, to defy in, in, in my community and it was tough because there's so much there was so much destruction around too and and luckily enough my parents uh my dad wanted me to play soccer and my my mom wanted me to uh to focus on school so that was kind of like a balancing um for, it was balancing for me because i i had to focus on both you know and when everything started happening it was just quick man and I remember my first flying, you know, that's the first time I've, I was in the plane, you know, coming to the U.S. And I remember my mom was crying. I was like, I'm never going to see you again. You know, I was like, no, mom, just wait, just relax. I'm going to come back, you know. And it was just amazing because the people that were in the U.S., they were helpful, you know. I had families that were really helpful and always willing to help. And fast forward, I'm done with college and I'm, I'm playing professionally and I was like, wow, this is what I've always dreamed of, you know, and I have my degree uh, and, and I have my MBA, you know, so I can keep playing, you know, so I can keep playing. And for me, when we won with Raul, I remember the um, 
the game because he he, he said he said next to me in the locker room uh, on on game days, you know, and his last game, uh, he gave me his jersey and he like he wrote it, he signed, you know, all the best, uh, lucky and like best Raul, you know, that was his last game and still, you know, obviously I'm keeping that. <laughs> somewhere safe you know it was just crazy to me and then i was telling my dad like i met pele you know pele was one of the owners um um of the cosmos you know you'll come to i remember he came to our first game in 2015 and i was like this is crazy this is pele you know and and we went together to cuba uh in the same in the same plane with pele you know and i was like this is crazy yeah so it was just it's been yeah it's been crazy so far and but I'm I'm just enjoying that I'm still playing. Yeah, that's um <laughs> quite a story. And and you said um when you're growing up in Zimbabwe, you know, when things got tough and things got uh, you know, breaking down or, or getting crazy. Um is that in reference to you know what was going on in the country? Um I, I'm not really up to date on the mm-hmm. political landscape of Zimbabwe. Obviously in the Bitcoin space we know that there's um hyperinflation going on yes um has did that happen as well when you were a kid or has this just been as far as you remember uh, could you give us kind of like a, an outlook on on that yeah so i remember growing up and growing up uh my parents were well off you know we weren't rich we weren't poor you know we could for like like what we wanted what we needed you know and uh but there was just like a switch you know where like this is like a change, you know, like you, you start to see like your parents are starting to like struggle, making ends meet, you know, and then at the same time, you, you start seeing like kids trying to help the parents because, you know, they're out of jobs and so they, they, they need different sources of income, you know, so everyone is hustling around. Um, and then I left 2007, it was when things were bad. 2007, that's when things were bad. That's when I left uh, the country. It's a beautiful country, Zim, man. I know you you, 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 you make a trip one day there. It's a really beautiful country, but it's just sad uh, what's going on, you know, and it's still going on up to, uh, to till now, and it's been, like, more than, like, 12 years since I left, you know, and some of the development, like, zero, like, infrastructure development, you can tell that this was the same when you left and like, you know, and it's just hard too because with the sanctions that uh, that Zim has, you know, it, it's really tough when there's sanctions, uh, for obvious from the US and the people who are in power, if they're being sanctioned, they can't travel and stuff and they're going to take care of their, of, of their families and, and that's when uh, nepotism started, you know, and, and it's just like, uh, if you're not friends with the printer, for example, <laughs> you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get any money. So it, that started happening back home, um, and it was just a mess too. It got worse and worse. And for example, the the mobile money operators, we have one that's called EcoCash, and um, it uh, 94% of all mobile mobile payments in same, you know, they come from EcoCash and. Um, they are accused by the Reserve Bank of Zim that they are doing illegal activities on the black market. So they had to kind of like stop uh, people using EcoCash, you know, and they had to uh, make them use this other 
minor operator that's called ZimSwitch, but that's controlled by uh, the Reserve Bank. You know, so it's still controlled by the, the same financial institutions, and like it, it, to, to just get money in the bank, then you know, like it's it's impossible. You know, people there's queues outside, and you see like all people like sleeping in lines. You know, and you can only get fifty dollars a day. You know, you can't get more than that. And and for me, the most thing that hurt was just like seeing someone that can be my mom just like sleeping outside the bank, you know? And, and that's why like, I thought of like, obviously I thought of like other countries too that that are going through this. And I, that's when I started kind of researching and obviously Venezuela is, is going through the same thing, you know? And um, it just, I mean, they get more media coverage than Zim, I think, you know, but Zim is also in the same situation as Venezuela right now. Uh, it's just uh, there's no, it's, it's really hard to get things out of the country. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's a stark warning, right? Uh, for, for anybody that's uh, listening and thinking it can't happen in, in my country and it can't happen to my currency. Mm-hmm. It's happened hundreds of times and it's happening right now in a handful of countries across the world and your family is being directly um affected by it and am i right Mm -hmm. in thinking is your wife with you in the u.s or is she still stuck in zimbabwe no no my wife is still stuck in zim she's still stuck in zim and uh we're trying to get a a green card sorted out but with everything closed right now it's been a mess you know she's a fashion designer so before everything was closed, she would be like, she would sell stuff in to South Africa. She had like business clients in South Africa. But now it's obviously hard for her to do that um, with everything that's going on. But um, yeah, she's been, she's been keeping busy and, and you know, just trying to stay safe. And uh, when everything comes back and she's going to keep uh, the orders going, but hopefully she, she joins me soon. Well, fingers crossed, man. Yeah. So, rabbit hole story. <laughs> how how does Lucky? You know, he's uh, he's sitting there. He's got two championships under his belt. <laughs> Life is pretty good. Um, obviously, you have the worries of your family at home, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you do everything that you possibly can um, to help them. Um, how do you fall down the rabbit hole? What what? When did Bitcoin enter your life, and how? I. I have known about Bitcoin then, I think since 2013, 2014. But at that time, you know, like I was still in, just finished uh, school, you know, like everything was crazy. And obviously how people saw it, you know, and how it was like viewed or just for criminals, um, like illegal activities. So I was like, no, this, I'm going to stay off of this, you know, especially even if you see like, uh, well, of people or companies telling you to stay out of it, you know, and so you also believe that okay, maybe I need to stay out of this. But for me, it was always like there was always a question that like, how is it so hard to like save? You know, how is it so hard? Like you come to the US, it's been like ten years, and you know, it's it's so hard to like just save, you know. And so that always like was at the back of my mind, and like you know, trying to. To, f- to find out another way out, you know? But I think 
I started like 2017, 2018, and so I saw like things are starting to go crazy. Uh, 2018 for Bitcoin, I was like, wow, this price is already high, you know, like there's no way I can get my skin in the game right now, you know. Uh, and at that time, like I didn't even know, like, you know, you have to buy one for one, you know, like, oh, wow, this is so much money. So it was just like I kept researching and kept researching and uh, and finally I found that there's only like it's a scarcity issue, you know, there's only 21 million of them. And then that's, I started researching, uh, I read the uh, Safe Savings book, um, the Bitcoin Standard. You know, that's when I saw the stock to flow model and then I started researching um, uh, Plan B, you know, Plan B on Twitter. Uh, and the craziest book too, the price of tomorrow. I know Brendan read read this book too, but that book was crazy to me because he he kind of reminded me of Zim, you know. He kind of reminded me of Zim because it talks about the the history and like where we're headed, um, technologically and just like creative destruction that's going on, um, and then. I figure that or people in, in Zim, they don't trust the government, you know, obviously there's a trust issue, you know, like everywhere I would say, you know, and I started under, uh, understanding the underlying technology of, of Bitcoin, which is the trust protocol that is peer to peer. There's no like a central government, there's no like median, you know, and for me that was really interesting. And that's when I started like reading more and more and more. Uh, and then the first, quarter of 2019 that's when i i put a little bit of money and put my skin in, just to get my my skin in the game you know and, and and that's when i started oh monitoring it and started going on twitter more following different people you know and right away i was like wow i'm way way down the rabbit hole like i could see myself just like researching and reading about bitcoin you know and, and trying to understand more and more and you know and uh, and after that, then I'm still like going. <laughs> I'm still like learning every day. You know, it, uh, it's just like the space is just amazing. You know, it's like you can be consumed in it because there's so much hope behind it. You know, and and that hope it, it goes a long way, especially knowing that you be, you spend so many years trying to find a way you can help your family. You know, and for me, I know. People who haven't experienced what I experienced, like they will never understand why uh, I'm into Bitcoin. You know, they will never understand it. And that's okay. And that's okay with me because at the end of the day, it's about taking care of my family and my community, you know. And and when you've had enough, that's when you know, like, no, this can't, this can't keep happening. Yeah. Has... Has since since you've been interacting with Bitcoin and learning everything that you've learned and um, uh, investing in it and stacking your sats, has that changed your game in any way? <laughs> How you play? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's a really good qu- I I think it has. I think it has. I remember I texted you uh, that I'm like really excited and I'm, it makes me feel happy. You know when I'm playing. I think it's because of the hope behind it, you know, the hope behind it. And when we were kids, you know, we play soccer for fun. Um, but then when the older we grow, 
automatically when you're a professional player, it becomes a job, you know, but I had to like say that because for me, it's, I'm doing something that I love every day, you know, and it's, for me, it's not a job, it's something that I love to do. I've always wanted to do. And my game, I would say, is definitely like less stress, you know, about the future. Uh, and soccer being a mental game, like, you know, you have to focus, you have to be at the present moment, you know, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And I feel good, you know, I feel good that things are going to work out at the end, you know, things are going to work out. And my, for my part, I feel like I need to take off my body, you know, that's my, that's on me. You know, the longer I play, the better, you know, the longer I stay sex. So for me, it's about taking care of my, of my physical and my mental state, you know, and making sure that my psychological state is okay and uh, I'm, I'm doing the right things and I'm staying out of trouble. <laughs> and just it's, it's a wedding game, you know, just knowing that there's something that's ahead that's going to change your life and your family, you know, and your community, especially for me, coming from a really small town. It's just, it's, it's a good feeling. Do you stay humble when you score a goal or do you still go out and celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try to, I, I, well, I try to celebrate. I like to dance whenever I score. You know, I like to dance. It's just inborn uh, from Zimbabwe, I guess. Whenever we score, like, it's a chance for you to express yourself and whatever you kind of dance is there, it doesn't matter even if it's bad. <laughs> Do you do you dance around on pump on Bitcoin price pump days as well? Like, <laughs> it's funny because my teammates, um, till my teammates are um, uh, down the rabbit hole. Wait, <laughs> you, you've, like, uh, you've red pilled some of your teammates. Yeah, two of my teammates. Yeah, two of my teammates so far. Yeah, nice. So we've, we, we've been uh, talking about it. You know, it's fun. It's fun to know that like there's people like around you that you can just like you know and. <laughs> whenever he scored one of my teammates he scored the other day and then he said no I saw I saw Bitcoin on the left side and I saw Fiat on the right so I <laughs> <laughs> that's how he chose where to shoot. That, that, that's excellent. That's why he chose when to shoot. And he was like, I was so, but he's like, I knew he was going in, man. I knew he was going in. I had no doubt about it. <laughs> that's that was, amazing. That was so funny. I thought that was funny. And, and it just, you know, you're relaxed too. You don't, you don't take things seriously, you know, especially for soccer, you know, uh, it's easy to get stressed when you're playing. And uh, like you said, there's family, uh, outside influences, you know, and yeah. So I, I asked you this before, and I, and I want to bring this up again, because um, I think it's under-talked, um, a, a subject that's not talked about enough, and it's like the mental pressures that are on professional athletes. And, um, you know, you said it already a few times here, you know, football is a mental game, and... Um, the mental side of things is is very very important. Um, us as fans sitting on the sidelines, um, you know, either booing or cheering, we never understand that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we see you guys as well. You know, you all must be very rich and very famous, and you know, it's all it must be all great for you guys. You can go out and buy whatever sports cars you want, and um, and all of this high time preference stuff. Um, 
that's how I felt when I was growing up. I don't anymore, obviously, because I'm mm -hmm. down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and uh, a low time preference. And truth be told, I, I've stopped watching um, uh, the Premiership football, which uh, I used to watch all the time, mainly because my team, West Ham, <laughs> just like it's been a yeah, lifetime of pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. One so, of my coaches yeah. is, is a West Ham fan, too. One of my high school coaches, big West Ham fan, he's always crying. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, why do I need that in my life? Uh, do you have a premiership team, by the way? When you were growing up in Zimbabwe, what 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 was the football you were exposed to the most? Yeah, the premiership, the Premier, the Premier League, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've so been, uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. My dad is an Arsenal fan, so I grew up, grew up like, you know, just watching Arsenal, watching... I remember watching Raul in the Champions League, watching Marco Senna with Villarreal, and you're scoring crazy free kicks. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> and so what, What? Yeah, that, that must have been like mid to late 90s, I'm guessing, that uh -huh, you would uh -huh. have, yeah? Okay, late so 90s. that team, who would have been that team Arsenal by then? Um, because Merson and those guys, they were a little bit, so, oh, that would have been Vieira and Henri and yeah, Petit, yeah. and that was basically um, the French team in, um, in in Arsenal shirts, wasn't it? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, yeah. it was a good team, it was a good team. Oh, you had a brilliant team. Uh-huh, Lomberg, you know, Freddie Lomberg, yes. so many good forwards. Yeah, brilliant. Right, okay. So back to the mental side, bet mental side of things. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's underestimated. And how do you think then um, if, because it's such a high time um, preference profession, you know, mm -hmm. you play 100 miles an hour, you do your best, you get off the pitch, you hope you impress the coach and you hope you're going to play next week. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're a striker, you hoped you scored goals. If you're a defender, you hope you did enough tackles and clearance headers. And if you're a goalkeeper, enough saves. If you're a midfielder, enough assists. Um, there's always constant pressure. Yeah. Um, how do you think the game would change? I mean, you've obviously felt a change in yourself and possibly your, well, definitely your teammates as well. Mm -hmm. How would a whole team of Bitcoiners... <laughs> And a Bitcoin coach, and a Bitcoin coach, with uh, a low time preference approach to the game, with uh -huh. a huge kind of um, uh, focus on the mental side of things. Mm -hmm. What do you think would change? That's a really good question, man. Obviously, the, the game, you know, you get angry. You know, you, that, that's something that you can't control. You get frustrated. You know, it's, it's an emotional game too. Uh, at the same time, it's a long season, you know, and I feel like if we look at it in that way, you know, and <clears throat> I know like a lot of coaches, uh, especially young coaches, I feel like they do have a sense of time preference and uh, how they do their things, you know, like, like for example, my, my, my coach allows us to like get ideas, you know, so he gives us that it makes us feel comfortable that, okay, like, what do you think will work? Okay, what do you need to work on? You know, like stuff like that, it just like makes, you know, uh, players really like are relaxed and, and and focus on what they need to focus on, you know, uh, and you feel like, okay, you're needed. You're obviously in the team. In terms of having a lot of time preference, I, I would say it will be, it will be, it will be hard to do because it's, 
with with the emotions involved and then playing every week every week but it's possible to do when when everyone is is on the same page about the long term goal you know that like this is why we need to finish the season here uh but at the same time <laughs> we play every game uh and i think the only thing that will help is like frustration will be less i think there will be definitely less frustration and um just like just other outside things you know because obviously i think about the future you know and other players are going to have to think about the future automatically and their families too you know and i feel like once there is that they know that okay this is a deflationary asset class that we we, we are we are investing in you know like our money is always going to you know grow obviously i think that'll be different then i think that'll be different you know because just a state just a tweak state of of mind just like no matter how small it is it plays a, a big role in sport for me who knows mate you you're yeah. going to go on to become the first bitcoin coach <laughs> through yeah hopefully bitcoin we we can um talking about that talking about that um uh, i don't know uh, the company, the company Paxful, uh, the company right. Paxful, um, they've been doing a, like a really good job, you know, it's just like a peer to peer marketplace for, for selling and buying Bitcoin. And you can use like Western Union, you can use like an Amazon gift card. I, don't, I hope they're listening to this. I'm chilling them right now. Uh, <laughs> but their vision is really aligned to, to the BIS Academy Bitcoin because one of their vision is to build 100 schools in Africa. And their hashtag is build with Bitcoin. And so for me, that, I was really excited. You know, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I just saw like three days ago that they were in Venezuela just because of um, the sanctions in the US. So they, they exited Venezuela. So they can't, they can't uh, work there anymore, you know, which is, this is a shame to me because I can imagine like how many people relied on them, you know? Um, and so I think having uh, organizations like that, you know, that are trying to build schools, but for me in Africa, it's about education, you know, education, like not a lot of people know that there's only 21 million Bitcoins, you know, and you can't really uh, make more after that, you know, you can't really print more after that. So, Obviously, they are building schools. There's going to be education about Bitcoin. Um, they're putting water. Uh, they're making sure that just the community is just like making life more easier, you know. And they they build they're building a school in, in Nigeria right now. They build one in Kenya. So I think hopefully I can get in touch with them and and, and see if we can do something in Zim. Uh, for sure, I'll, I'll be sending them messages because. For me, that's we we have an organization already. You know, we have a platform already, and that's doing kind of like what's aligned to them. So hopefully, it works out. Then and uh, we work together with Parkswell, and we so have that's, that's Bitcoin team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's Paxful, yeah. P-A-X-F-U-L, and <laughs> that's a peer-to-peer marketplace um, for for buying and selling Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's what's the platform you have in Zimbabwe? for um what, what's your initiative um 
what do you mean the platform for buying Bitcoin? Uh, no, but you you have like a soccer program or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The academy, yeah. the uh, building you through soccer, BYS Academy. So we're trying to. Where I come from is a really small town. You know, there's it's the first academy in the in, in the in the town, and there's really less exposure for for the players to be noticed. For example, the national teams and stuff. Uh, so for me, it's more like kind of like giving them a platform to shine and and prove to, to, to the bigger cities that, listen, like, uh, Plumtree can also produce players. You know, Plumtree can also produce talented players. Uh, and right now we have a U, U16 team and, and the U8 team, and we're introducing girls, U8 girls, too. So it's just, like, all voluntary stuff. Then, like, uh, just because it's a small community, everyone... Like the headmasters, like I said, we we, we partner with like four schools. Uh, so the principals of those schools, they know which players are BOS players. And so they make sure that they are focusing on school and they're also just in the community. You know, uh, we do like community service, just pick up trash, just teaching the kids like just like life skills at a younger age, you know, like values. Um, people skills, you know, and how to to. It's not just on the field, just off the field too, you know. Um, uh, just for them to be global citizens in the future. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah, if all right, yeah, I see it. So BYS Academy, you partner with Paxful, who are a Bitcoin <laughs> a pick a Bitcoin company trying to build schools. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like you're right. If they're going to build a school, they're going to educate the kids about Bitcoin and Austrian economics, and give these kids <laughs> a real, a real I think start. Safe, safe would be happy about that. Safe would be amazed by that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they can all go off and uh, and become um, uh, amazing professional football players and, and carry on spreading the word. And exactly. And you'll be the first Bitcoin coach. Thing, I think that like for them is giving back is huge. You know. Uh, and the more luckies they are, like we we can help the entire country. I I think. Yes, and that is exactly what Bitcoin is about, right? Um, yes, <laughs> rebuilding, mm-hmm. fix the money, fix the world. Right? Yes. It, it comes back yes. to that meme every time. <laughs> it's just sets. unbelievable. Stack sets, stay humble. My God, <laughs> Matt and Marty have uh, got so much to uh, to answer for. But uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you again, Lucky, because um, we talked about this before uh, in Zimbabwe. Um, I'd read an article at that time, and I don't know whether it's still going on, um, mm-hmm. about like the uh, the gold rush that's going on there. At the the gold rush, yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, that kind of blew me away and, um, you know, tied everything up for me quite nicely with the stock to flow model and how all of a sudden, um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, there's an incentive for citizens to go out and start digging holes in the ground to try and find gold, which is exactly what's going on in Zimbabwe. Could you just um, tell us a little bit what's going on with the the old gold mines that were left there and um, what the citizens are being driven um, you mm-hmm. know, to go and do? Yes, there is. There is. Uh, uh, obviously, gold has been up <laughs> recently, you know, in there's a, a town called Kwekwe, uh, and that's where a lot of gold mining is. Uh, and that's where you find, like, I remember when I, I went home uh, two years ago, you know, one of my good friends, 
um, he lives in Kwekwe, you know, and uh, he has friends that live close to uh, residential for like where the mines are, you know, and so uh, some of them work in the mine, some of his friends work in the mine. And we visited them then and it was just like crazy, like it's really, there's like really nice cars that are parked there, but the area is really, it's like, it's not like a really safe area. You know, it's like the the, the, the buildings, it's like people are working uh, in the mines. Uh, where they live is just like some something not somewhere not safe, you know? And the people on the mines, they live maybe far away from there, like in the suburbs, like nice houses and stuff. And I remember my friend was telling me like some of the, you know, like they were like sweeping some of the soil, you know? Um, and they can get like 10 to 20 bucks out of that, you know? And, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. They're just like close to the mine. They're just sweeping like that and finding, looking for gold, you know? And in in Zim, like we have a lot of people like try to, to risk it, you know, and, and just to make ends meet, you know? And, and it's tough uh, for someone who's not in the country to think like, you know, like how are these people like doing this, you know? but there's no other option, you know, people like when there's, where they have nothing else to do, like to, to make ends meet, to feed their families, they do the riskiest things, you know. And uh, there are some people who are trapped in the mines, you know, like digging and they get trapped down there, you know, so it, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, but I'm positive, I'm positive that one day um, things are going to look out for the country. I'm very, very positive about it, you know. Um, millennials are coming up you know uh hopefully a lot of us can change uh what's going on you know it's not going to be easy but hopefully something uh, gives in yeah let's hope so man yeah and um what's um i'm gonna ask you the red pill question if if you had one one red pill left <laughs> to give to someone who would you give that to and why? Oh, well, anyway, I knew this one was coming then, and uh, that's how you know how much I listen to your show. <laughs> but I know a lot of people were saying Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Uh, but for me, coming from a place like Zimbabwe, you know, Africa, not a lot of people know who Joe Rogan is. You know, like you ask them, who's Joe Rogan? They all know who Joe Rogan is. And, for me, it will be someone who's who has a, a following in Africa and in the U.S. in and also in Europe too. You know, uh, North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and, and for me, it's Trevor Noah. You know, Trevor Noah from the Daily Show, uh, South African, and just the space where he is right now. You know, is is like perfect you know like the daily show he has like 8.9 million uh followers on twitter and joe rogan is like 6.6 .6 million followers and uh trevor noah is like 10.9 million so that makes it 19.8 million for trevor noah and if we're talking about adoption and and just like for him to tweet i wonder if he has because he should have bitcoin i i wonder i wonder if he's down the rabbit hole yet yeah, coming from South Africa, you know, because 
I know South Africa is in on Google Trends is in the top three. Uh, Bitcoin is in the top three searched word in, uh, in the world, and South Africa is in the top three. So I think Trevor will be perfect for that. You know, he's he's funny, he's smart. You know, he's he has a good following. Everyone loves to laugh. You know, and yeah, I can't think of anyone else. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, it's a great, uh, a great answer, and he is, yeah, yeah an incredible person. Um, uh huh. Very, very funny, very talented. Um, comes across as a, a caring person as well. So yeah, uh, brilliant to see him um, take that pill and come down the rabbit hole. Do you know of any other professional sportsmen or, or women um, that have approached you or kind of? You know that they're down a rabbit hole. I don't want you to dox them, but you know that. Um, I mean, for example, I had Danny DeKroger on the show, and he mm-hmm. told me that he knows of several other pro baseball players that are stacking sats. And yeah. Um, oh yeah, like uh, whenever they go traveling, like to the point where they'll they'll use their um, expense allowance um, to stack sats. Uh, you know, uh, just That's kind smart. of pulling. These are pro pro athletes, right? But they're doing anything to stack sats. Wow. Um, so yeah, do, do you know like? Um, do, do you get that feel or do you have any kind of uh, other knowledge that, that other guys like you are out there doing it? I, 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 have, I, I think there should be like one or two per team, I think, you know. Um, I think there should be one per two per team because with everything that's going, you know, like for example on Twitter you can see like oh, the, you're following a person and you know the person who's following this person and like i've seen a lot of soccer like more soccer players following that bitcoin uh person you know so there should be there should be then uh, i think they're probably like just dcaing on 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 swan bitcoin or in cash up or something uh <laughs> every every uh weekend or something i don't know but yeah for me i'm just dca on on on, uh, on cash up you know and Whenever there's the dip, uh, I double on it. So <laughs> trying to form my in on the highs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there is there is definitely, and we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. <laughs> Twelve yeah, to eighteen mate. months. Yeah. There's definitely going to be uh, a few more people <laughs> come out of the woodwork, such as um, you know what the news this week, um, micro strategy uh, almost doubling down, like uh, pretty. Pretty much. Um, what yeah, did you what think of that think? news? What you, I was going to ask you what you think yeah. about that. Like, you think other companies are going to um, are going to follow? Put one percent. Hundred percent, they're going to follow. There's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. Game theory just went into overdrive. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, it's by the time by the time this episode drops, uh, I would have already dropped uh, an episode with um, another. Tw- uh, Twitter um, character Concilium Turgum at twenty one forty BTC, where he, um, you know, he's a pseudonymous account, but he wanted to come on the show and talk about how his private business, private family business, has been mm-hmm. six figures deep into Bitcoin on the balance sheet for um, you know over a year, wow. and knows of several other private companies within his sector that are doing the same thing. That blew my mind. It's like, you know, MicroStrategy, they come out and announce and 
lo and behold, there's all of these private companies, private companies, already done it. They've done it years ago, man. Like, Uh you know, whatever. But they they don't have to announce because they're private. You know, Michael Saylor, he wouldn't have announced it if he didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you? But because they're a publicly listed company, they, you know, SEC rules that they have to disclose, um, you know, what's on their books. Mm Wow, and I think that's that's crazy, man. But if I, uh, like I, I watch, uh, I listen to Real Vision too, you know, and, and Micro Voices uh, with Eric Townsend, and, and for me, uh, that's really relevant because I stay in that mainstream traditional finance because they talk about, especially Real uh, Raul, you know, he talks about uh, Bitcoin too, you know, and, and uh, what Moses is doing. So it's always good to. To, to to have like a uh, podcast like that to that focus on the traditional finance yeah and um definitely list, listening to um the end game by um grant williams as well oh yeah it's nice uh, all right yeah down. yeah and he's okay. gonna be coming on the show grant is gonna be coming on the show so uh okay um big shout out to grant um who was the co-founder of of Real Vision with Raul. Oh, wow. Um, he's got a podcast called The End Game, and it's um, truly very interesting to keep way up to date on, you know, what's going on with the macro. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting now. I've got to go. I'm really looking forward to these next ones coming out when they start talking about micro strategy because the Bitcoiners are talking about micro strategy. <laughs> like, never heard of the company, right? No, right? Still right don't know now, what they really do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But now, like, um, and the, <laughs> I think, okay, so what do I think is going to happen? I think game theory is set alight. Companies with um, free cash flow, as um, I discussed with Preston on, um, on, on an interview, he, mm-hmm. he called it. I mean, he was saying companies with free cash flow, they're going to have to, you know, they almost have no choice other than to, to invest into Bitcoin because what else are you going to do with it? And you know, Michael Saylor was saying exactly the same thing. He was just recently on the uh, the Pomp podcast um, talking about it's just getting burnt. It's yeah. like um, he used the analogy of a, an ice cube. It's just melting, mm-hmm. sitting in cash. You have to uh, join. Went, you have to join. There's no other way. Yeah. You, yeah. You, when you look at like you know what else you can do with it, nothing matches up. Nothing. And when you know. When other CEOs and CFOs see this, they've already seen it. They'll be watching this stock price very closely. I think it's up forty percent at, at time of talking, just since their original announcement. Uh, okay, well that seems pretty interesting, right? They might have um, to announce too. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, they've got to. They've got to now. They're they're in a position where kind of. They can say, "Look, they've done it." So I, I, that no one, else, no one else. He's gone first, right? He's gone first. He's de-risked mm-hmm. every other CEO or CFO out there, because they can now say, "We've got to." Mm-hmm. Even if, even if those other CEOs or CFOs were on the verge of doing it themselves, but couldn't get their board over the line, now they can say, "Guys, now we don't have a choice." Exactly. Because they've done it. Yeah, and if they've done it, we've got to do it. Especially if you're in the same sector, especially um, because. And, and now you know. Wow, like the fuse is lit. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> times. Interesting <laughs> time. What do you think? How about uh, the the price uh, by? What do you think is gonna be by net, like end of next year, for example? 
or your oh. long term or your long term predictions. Just follow the stock to flow model, I guess. <laughs> like you know, it hasn't broken down yet, and right. uh, there's so much hopium built around that. I know, um, but I can't imagine how it could. It's like it's gonna moon. I, mm-hmm. I, I like and, and but like Matt Odell, you know, which moon? Um, mm-hmm. Very, uh, yeah. He's like, but you know, you, you look at stock to flow, and I think it's like middle of next year you're looking at 100 grand and then it just keeps going up um you know, Chris, is crazy to me it's just like crazy to me <laughs> it's it, it really is unbelievable it, you know that it stuck so close to it uh-huh uh-huh um, even if it misses but it always comes back you know and it's just crazy it's just crazy well that that's just uh the scarcity you know the 21 million of them you can't print more. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't know, man. Um, within a year and a half, well over 100 grand, 200 grand, easy. Easy. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> because when, and think about this, like, you know, this has been weighing on my mind a little bit. Uh, if, if we say what happens, like uh, a few more companies follow the example of, micro strategy and you get like five or six now um and they're either you know spread across the nasdaq s&p dow whatever mm-hmm. and then the fed turn around comes say like uh, the, the start of next year do you imagine the fed turning around saying right we're now coming into the stock market and we're gonna you know because they're gonna like prop up the stock market we are now gonna start buying publicly traded companies mm-hmm. and if they do that if they just buy like um you know, they buy the whole index of S&P, the whole index of NASDAQ, and like in kind of a, an ETF type play or a Vanguard type play. They are be di- they then are by default holding Bitcoin. Yes. If some of these companies that they've invested in have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And then you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw Kraken too, Kraken too. Uh, Den Health, they just became yeah. the first Bitcoin bank. Mm-hmm. Wyoming um, uh, with Caitlin Long, I think that's going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, um, I've not not gone down that rabbit hole yet, um, but I mm-hmm. saw the announcement, and I'm still trying to figure out um, the implications of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been following her for a while, like uh, Caitlin Long. Uh, just she's been just fighting to just legally do the right things you know for bitcoin and just to have the first bitcoin bank in the u.s you know and i think it's it's just an interesting time with with everything that's going on you know like you were saying uh, the fed and there's elections coming you know each candidate each candidate has to impress you know you have to keep printing you know uh it's gonna be it's just a crazy time it's a crazy time and i it's crazy that not a lot of people really understand what's going on, you know, um, which is the scary thing for me. Not a lot of people understand. And people are going to get angry, <laughs> uh, you know. It's going to exactly. be. And, um, exactly. Then that's what I was I was talking to some of my teammates that, like, there's just so much civil unrest already, you know, uh, in the U.S., and Obviously, there's tension between the supporters of, of Trump and, and, and Biden. You know, no one is going to accept defeat, you know. 
uh, already Trump is already saying, oh, this is going to be, they're not going to be fair, you know, like whoever loses, I feel like their supporters is just going to be worse still unrest uh, between the election time and like when the president is on, you know, in January. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely worrying. And Jeff Booth recently tweeted out something along those lines. Uh, you know, um, yeah, be kind to people if you can. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like there's, there's going to be a lot of people getting hurt um, who don't see this coming, who don't understand, you know, what's going on, and yeah. aren't prepared and are going to, you know, feel a lot of pain um, economically and emotionally, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, split communities and, and families. Uh, unfortunately, this all serves those in the power, right? It's um, you know, divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. It's um, and you must have seen this, you know, many times um, yeah. before in Zimbabwe. Many times, many times, Beckham, and obviously, it's, it's, there's no. I don't think there'll be hyper inflation in the US, but there's gonna be. It's gonna be felt uh, uh, by <coughs> by some groups of people, you know. Uh, there are some people that are going to suffer from this for sure. Even if it's not going to be like hyper inflation, uh, prices are going to go up. Yeah. Mm. And we have so many people out of work and, um, you know, uh, in, in like precarious positions. Um, just buy some, stack some sats, guys. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> what? Just, hope, just a hope, little I bit. I hope people do that. You know, like I was going to say too, then, like, I just, like people need to like take time to like actually research about something, you know, and actually research on yourself and learn, try to like read about about it. You know, I know I sent the book to a few of my friends and I hope they read uh, the Bitcoin standard, you know, and, and even Jeff Booth, you know, just how, even if you can see now, like in, uh, I'll go off the Bitcoin for, for a second or oh, no. On DeFi, what's going on with DeFi? You know, on Ethereum, like the protocols that are being built on Ethereum is just like crazy, like with amazing use cases and helping people, you know, uh, uh, to just giving like power back to the people, you know. And, and it used to be years, decades of like technological like things coming. Now it's like days and like there's a new coin there's a new like coin on on ethereum like every week there's a new coin and everyone is just trying to you know to be relevant and innovative you know um so they can satisfy the community that everyone is fighting for that if you're not doing that then it's gonna be hard (laughs) yeah and um yeah Uh, you know again i warn people you know steer clear of 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 those razzle dazzle new things that come out of nowhere mm-hmm. in a few days yeah. and just like just <clears throat> head down stack sats stick to bitcoin keep <laughs> your life simple <laughs> ignore the noise and exactly. um, yeah take it slowly and, and start with the uh, start mm-hmm. with a bitcoin standard and um, you know layer on top of that so lucky um, I want to make sure that you you get a message across to those friends and family that might be listening at at home and mm-hmm. uh, and supporting you from afar. Um, 
And I know that uh, there are a couple of languages for, from where you come from, but uh, <laughs> what's the message you'd, you'd love to send home and in, in which language are you going um, to choose? I'm going to use Ndebele. Okay, I'm going to use Ndebele. There's Shona and Ndebele, but there's more other languages that are minor too. Um, but I'm going to use Ndebele. <laughs> Perfect. Go for it, man. <laughs> I think I got shield. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sense or no? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that's the one you're waiting for. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Lucky. I feel I feel lucky to have um you know the 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 first episode we did went a little bit wrong and we got the chance to do this again and um mm-hmm. you know spend more time with you. Um I really look forward to one day hopefully meeting you in person or even seeing you play uh and bring maybe Sam, to maybe Sam can play for, for, for the academy just like as a guest player for the uh for the BIS Academy one year. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. That would be that would be nice. That's definitely going to happen one day. Yeah, uh, that yeah, gives we'll us some. That's a, then. that's a low time <laughs> preference goal right there. To yeah. um, to one day all meet up in Zimbabwe and Samuel mm-hmm. will take a run out for um, for your team or something. Can't uh, wait. That'll be um, that'll be that's a special day in the future. I really look forward to that. Yes. Uh, Lucky, thank you, man. Thanks so much for sharing. Uh, how can people find you on Twitter? How can they come and support your football team? Um, what's uh, what's the best um, way to do that? Thanks, Dan. I, I really enjoyed uh, the time with you, obviously, you know, and I uh, really appreciate everything you're doing uh, for the community and helping people. And they can find me on uh, like number 17 underscore, uh, actually number N-U-M-B-R uh, 17 underscore. And that's the same for, for Instagram and for for the academy, they can go on bisacademy.com, bisacademy.com, and they can send me an email there. Uh, we can connect there, even on Twitter. It's okay. Excellent. And if any, if any Tampa Bay fans are listening, how many goals? How many goals are you scoring this year? Well, we we are in the playoffs now, so we have like maybe uh, five games total left. So hopefully, I can score every game. Hopefully. Boom. Bring the noise, man. We love it. (laughs) Thanks, and I appreciate it, man. (laughs) All right, Lucky. Great to see you and uh, all the best, mate. Thanks for everything you're doing and great to have a professional Bitcoiner, professional footballer Bitcoiner on our side. Thanks, man. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Thanks again so much to Lucky for coming on the show. Really loved that one. Got a great insight to to what it's like to you know be a professional footballer. Uh, I hope you guys um, got a, a feel for that as well. And like, I love that story. Like his teammate, his teammate. You know, the ball's approaching him. He, he looks at the goal and he sees the fiat on the left or Bitcoin on the right. So chooses the Bitcoin. And uh, bang, goal. Uh, like, <laughs> you believe we got professional athletes 
This is how to make a decision. This is how psychologically, you know, this is how deeply affected um, people are getting by by Bitcoin. You know, like once bitten, right? Um, you, you you can't um, you, you can't turn back. It's like uh, you just you get, like ah, oh, it's in you. Um, and yeah, so many so many great takeaways from that episode. Um, and lucky, you know, threat. He, he's just. He smiles the whole time. He personifies Zen. He's just such a cool dude and such a nice guy. And uh, offered to do a, a one-on-one Zoom consultation with Samuel to, to help him become a better striker, which uh, Samuel was you know, chuffed to learn about and uh, really looking forward to that. Um, you know, sharing his story about uh, Zimbabwe and uh, how hyperinflation over there and, and how that um, just wrecks friends and families and communities you know it all comes down to you know if if we can fix the money we can fix the world and you know if you debase the currency like the one thing that um we rest you know we rest on right this is how we interact like 50 percent of every um communication is um uh, excuse me of every transaction is uh, communicated through um, the money that uh, that we choose to use, and um, if that is broken or if it's been manipulated, then that just naturally creeps into the 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 the, the moral fiber of, of society. And it's um, it's so stark. It's just uh, it's really obvious when you when you look at it um, from from that kind of framing. So to um, to have found Bitcoin uh, and uh, knowing that that's going to be able to give him hope for the future and he can play as long as he can because he's looking after his body, he's even changed his mindset, um, you know, play play as long as he can and stack some stats as long as he can and, you know, hold himself and his family in, in good stead and, and hopefully one day, like you said, get back and, and fix the community. Um, what a dream. And uh, to do that through the two things he understands the most, Bitcoin and football. Um, you know, very, very inspirational young man. Really uh, wish him the best. And uh, and you, Tampa Bay Rowdies, I think you're going to get a lot new, a lot of new fans. There could be a big fan base coming your way. Um, go out buy Lucky's shirt. I don't know. How can we support Lucky? Um, when we can all go out to sports games again, uh, there could be a few, few extra fans in the seats. Uh, yelling Bitcoin and... Um, you know, thanking Lucky for everything he's doing. So make sure um, you reach out to Lucky on Twitter and uh, hook up with him, say thanks. He'd uh, be more than happy to hear from you. And uh, I look forward to the next show, guys. Um, The last usual shills. Adam, thanks so much for putting this together. Uh, All the work you do behind the scenes with the audio and the editing is uh, is brilliant. Badders, thanks for the music that uh, I'm currently speaking over at the hodler than now. Uh, and go out go and check out at 21ism guys and um, OB at OB thanks for supporting the show that's uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten if you want to go start stacking some sats in the UK if you're in the US big shout out to the boys across the pond swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten that will get you a uh, free 10 bucks and uh, you can go start stacking your sats over there to everyone listening, really appreciate it. Thank you for everything you do with liking, sharing, commenting, reviewing. Really, really um, humbling. And um, I look forward to the next show. Um, 
Yeah, that's about it. Thanks, everyone. Stay humble. Stack sats. Catch you later.